Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Hey everybody, welcome to Rooted Deep Podcast. Uh, this is Reba Bowman, I've got Allison Hale with us, and man, uh, we're glad you joined us today. Um, if you've not joined us before, welcome. Uh, this is a podcast, Allison, we say this all the time, it's like sitting down, having coffee, and having a great discussion. Yeah, it's like we, we, we pick some topics that we, we get excited about that other people, we hope that other people can get excited about. And then it's just like you said, just meeting over coffee or juice or whatever and, and just going back and forth. We interrupt each other all the time. We do. Uh, we, do. Yeah. we make faces. Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, yeah. if you it's can good thing you can't when... see the faces, right? Yeah, we record this on Zoom. So Allie and I can see each other when we record this. So we're actually, she's in the Dominican Republic. I'm in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And, um, you know, so we're so glad that you joined us um, because we want you to be a part of the discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And we would love to any time that you have a, have anything that you want to add or, oh, I saw this or I learned this or I've been reading, especially when we do book studies, please write us and let us know, hey, this, you know, this yeah. came out or I heard that that would be that would just be uh, just a blessing to know um, that you're yeah. sitting down at the table with us. That'd be great. No, absolutely. And, and if you want to catch up with us on social media, you can absolutely do that. So uh, we both have social media profiles, both on uh, Facebook and, but we both have ministries and those ministries have social media profiles. So you can catch up either. Uh, Allison, what's, how do they get a hold of you if they want to it's catch you on social media? On Facebook and Instagram, it's Mercy Workshop. Got it. And, uh, and so, and then personal, you know, I just got, I've got my personal, uh, WhatsApp and, um, Instagram and Facebook and all of that. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And mine is, uh, ours is Facebook is a dare for more and, uh, Instagram is daring for more. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then Reba Bowman, you could follow on several other, uh, social media platforms, yeah. but yeah, we would absolutely love to hear from you. Tell us you listen to the podcast and maybe, yeah. Uh, and what, my dog also has an Instagram page. So <laughs> if you want to Roxy, the boxer, she's got, I think 70 something followers right now. So. Okay. That's probably more that's than I have. So there yeah. Roxy's r- racking up there. No. <laughs> oh, that's so, hysterical. If anybody's interested in following my boxer and all of her, all of her antics. All of the yeah. antics of Roxy, the boxer. I know I, that's awesome. Actually, Roxy's just a great, Great, a great dog. We, we love Roxy. So <laughs> anyway, well, I'm pretty excited about the topic today because yeah. um, we're going to talk about a lady who I think is a really amazing. Her story is amazing. Um, and it's the, it's Naomi. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting because we just, we just finished up a group of missions trips here and we always like to sit down at the table uh, with the youth group and just ask, what are your highs? What are your lows? And, yeah. uh, and, and talk about highs and lows uh, here with, uh, with Naomi, our yeah. uh, Naomi. And I want to make sure I'm, I pronounce her name right because in Spanish it's Noemi. And so if you hear that, go back and forth, please forgive me. But yeah, with Naomi, I, it is just a, a whole bunch of highs and lows just starting from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And so the, it's the book of Ruth though, mm-hmm. interestingly yeah. enough, Although I'm not really, I mean, it is Ruth's story, but I'm just going to tell you, it's as much Naomi's story as it is Ruth's story, yeah. uh, I think. And an incredible, and just an incredible story um, of this woman who, who really, um, it seems like she's almost like the female Job, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. It's like, and here it, it, it just, it's so 
fascinating to watch just even how this chapter, the first the story opens up with here's here's who we've got. And then right in verse three, and Naomi's husband died. And, you know, I mean, it just it's right in you yeah. just jump right in. There's not much of an yeah. introduction except for, um, yeah. you know, a little bit of background, but it's just letting you know this is what this is what we're starting with. We're starting with famine and then death. So yeah. if, no, if absolutely. And, and it's, yeah, you're exactly right. It's really tough, you know, story. It, it does set us a time period. It mm-hmm. happens during the time of the judges. Yeah. So we understood kind of where it's at in the timeline, but you're right. I mean, verse one's like there's famine in the land. Yeah. And so it tells us that Naomi and her husband live in Bethlehem, uh, in Judah. And suddenly they've got, they've got famine. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the, if you understand a little bit of the Jewish history, the verse should really, verse one strikes you in so many ways because you've got famine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then you've got that Naomi and her family with her two sons, they leave Bethlehem and go to Moab. Yeah. Yeah. Moab, just traditionally in Moab's not a good place to go. I mean, they must, there must be um, it must be the land of plenty because to for some an Israelite family to travel from Bethlehem, especially from um, from because I I think everybody when you when you when you talk about Bethlehem Judah that's kind of like the um, yeah. that's like the seat of where of, of Israelites tradition and and so yeah. I mean there's other I think it's just so fascinating that they leave right smack in the middle of that and just go mm-hmm. and that just speaks to the desperation that their family is already in to travel to an enemy country, an antagonistic yeah. country, just because there's there, I mean, the famine is that bad. Right. And, and, you know, speculate, this is all speculation because the Bible doesn't actually tell us, but the, the names of their sons are, um, Malon and Chilion mm-hmm. and Malon actually means sick and mm-hmm. Chilion means like a week or, or spent or, you know, um, We're so you get away. this idea that these two boys were were not healthy boys. Right. At least that's yeah. what their names imply. Mm-hmm. So you know it could be yeah. um, that they they made this choice in very much desperation as yeah. a mother who's got two sick boys and who wants to, and a famine is going to wipe them out. And so she knows we got to do something in order to make sure these boys live. And so they make this difficult choice. Right. Uh, for whatever reason they made it, they make this difficult choice yeah. to leave their home in Bethlehem and their Jewish community and go to Moab, enemy country, and try to find a new home. And if you think about, like, I can, there's so many layers to just that story right there of a mother and father making a dis- difficult decision for their children mm. to m- either move away or to make a decision that's going to um, that's going to affect, I mean, when you think of the women that we serve, uh, in Guatemala, in the, in, yeah. in the Dominican Republic, women who have made very tough choices and have entered enemy territory, yeah. uh, if you want to no say, question. just to feed their families. And we yeah. neither of us are mothers, Reba, but we both understand, I think the heart of a woman, if your yeah. child is hungry, or if your child is struggling with something, you're going to mm-hmm. do everything you can. And so that speaks already to just the desperation, like you said, of what they've had to deal with. But even if you think about expat um, visitors or people who live in a foreign country who have traveled because they need they need peace or they need food or yeah. they need ref, um, refuge, uh, yeah. we have a lot of Venezuelan refugees here in the Dominican Republic. And you just think, 
um, several of them are in our church and they just are like, we need our families to grow up in a safe environment. And yeah. that's, you know, so that's what, that's what we see with Naomi. Yeah. You know, there's just a debt. You, you see this, the verses don't give you this, but you have to know that there's a real, there's real people behind the scenes. And I think that's the big thing as you read scripture. I think it's sometimes easy to put these stories, if you're not careful, into the same category we put stories like Dr. Seuss or right. that we put, you know, uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs mm-hmm. or something like that. You know, it's like, okay, this is just one of those fictional stories. Yeah. And no, this is not a fictional story. You know, this is an actual man and a woman who had two sons who actually lived during this time of famine and who, and this story is very real. So I think understanding that changes our perspective and we're like, okay, what if that was me? Yeah. And I think that's maybe one of the most powerful things that we can do as, as, as we talk about Naomi over the next few weeks is just say, what if that was me? Yeah. Where would, where would I have made this decision or where, yeah. where will I, where will I see God in this story? Or where would I have seen God yeah. as, as we're waiting? Because I think a lot of times also with, especially with the Israelites, we, um, independent Baptists, like I am, uh, we read the Bible and we read the old Testament and we're like, you idiot Israelites, why can't you see what's right in front of you? And I think that I don't know if you've read the Bible like that. The Israelites did good. They did bad. They made this decision. They yeah. did that. And you just, and you judge them because oh. you're not putting yourself into, you know, yeah. into their stories. And you just like, oh, if I were there, I would. And it's like, right, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Would, would you? you? Right. No, I, I think it's so easy to, to judge other people mm-hmm. uh, and what you would do if you were them or what yeah. they should do yeah. and, and what they should have done differently. Um, but, you know, Walking a day in somebody else's shoes kind of changes that perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I think for all of us, and we never know how we respond when crisis comes. And right. and and in this story, we see massive crisis happen very quickly. And that's why I kind of think of Naomi a little bit like Job. I mean, Job blinks, and massive crisis is hitting him from every perspective, and it all happens in a, in a fairly quick way. And 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 for Naomi, you know, suddenly in verse one she's leaving her home and headed to Moab. And, you know, by the time we get to verse three, uh, her husband has died and now she's left with these two boys. So now she's a widow. And in that culture and in that time, widows were, they struggled because all of their possessions and, and all of their, usually the, the person who brought in the funds for the Mm -hmm. home was the man, not the woman. Yeah, but we live in a different culture today. A lot of women work and bring in paychecks, mm-hmm. but in those days, that was not necessarily Completely the case. Dependent. Yeah, yeah, and so. her, yeah, and and her. Normally, in this in this situation, it would have just very very few widows survived. I mean, it's just yeah. unless they had, you know. And right now, she has two sons, and they're gonna. Um, and you see them get married, but um, at that moment, it's like what we've seen stories of widows in the Bible before, and they really, um, they just really had a tough time. Oh, it's yeah, and you know, as yeah. you know, Allison, we've we've both had the privilege of traveling around the world, and mm. you know, our our time, you know, we've both been to Africa together, and we've yeah. met a lot of widows in Africa mm-hmm. uh, with a ministry there, and you know, you understand that, man, there's still a real concern in in the world for widows. There's still places in the world where if your husband dies, his family takes all of possessions and leaves right. the widow and the children with nothing. Yeah. Now, you know. So we're sitting over here now. We've got Naomi. She's by herself as far as 
raising two sons. We mm-hmm. don't know how old these boys were when they left Israel. We don't know how old they were when Elimelech died. Um, but what we do know is the next verse, verse four, tells us that these boys took wives. Um, so they could have been teenagers, yeah. um, probably were teenagers. They could have been a little bit older, but it would not have been it would not have been a stretch for two teenage boys during Bible culture time to have taken wives. So, right. you know, so we don't know exactly how old they were. But the next thing you know, we've got the boys marrying uh, two women, Orpah and Ruth. And the Bible tells us now we got our first little time zone here. And it tells us that they lived there about 10 years. Right. Yeah. And, um, and we can, we can say all we want about, you know, they're in a foreign country and, you know, Israelites aren't supposed to marry, um, That's right. uh, the Moabites and, and intermarriage and all of that, but they did take wives. Um, and it seems like as we continue through the chapter, it seems like they chose, I would say, it seems like they chose pretty well themselves yeah. um oh yeah but yeah but these poor girls uh didn't didn't really have much of a chance because their mm-hmm. uh, their husbands just in the very next verse they died and yeah. now they're left now the woman naomi was left of her two sons and her husband so it's back to naomi so here's all mm-hmm. this story and then it's like okay now back to the woman that we're talking about naomi now she's got nothing yeah and then uh, that's it yeah yeah so we got five verses here that represent at least what we know to be a 10-year period of time. Yeah. Okay, yeah. approximately that 10-year period of time. So in 10 years, she leaves her country, her husband dies, and then her boys get married, and then both boys die. Yeah. And and I mean, I, I mean, I don't care how you slice that. That is mm-hmm. that is a difficult decade. Right. Yes. Exactly. I mean, it's just like one thing after another. And I know that we've all lived through COVID and we're like, 2020 was the worst. Can it get any worse than this? Well, yes, it can, you know, yeah. and, and we're just all living in. And, and if we take stock and my husband is really, he's, he's, he's numbering his days, like you've encouraged people to do. And, yes. uh, and he's done that. We're looking at these increments of time and we're, yeah. you know, we're seeing the Lord work and we're seeing where there was struggle and where there was illness and where, you know, within, mm-hmm. within our church, ministry, you know, there's just highs and lows, but this, there is so much death and sadness starting with the famine. So when there's a famine, they've already seen death even before it touched their own family personally. Absolutely. Um, they've, so there's been so much death in just this decade. Um, and then it just gets close to home and then her, her blood family is, is, is gone. It's wiped out. Yeah. And you know, famine does such a thing because it wipes out your food source. Yeah. And, um, you know, for that, it's a scary place to be. And, and like you said earlier, we've seen women that would be willing to sell their bodies to, for rice and beans to feed their children. And so famine does starvation, malnutrition, struggle does, does incredible things, uh, to kind of say, okay, what would you do? You know, if you're in this situation, so, you know, and, and I think, I think we, I think we have to, we can't leave this. I mean, this is, we're at a hard part, five verses in, and we're already seeing so much death and so much destruction and what, and one woman's life. But I think we have to, we'd be remiss not to say, I know there's somebody listening out there who's had a tough decade, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it be a divorce or whether it be a death or whether it be children that are going in a different direction than what you'd hope for them, or whether it be sickness or illness, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's just 
some things, it just seems like you think, well, surely it's going to get better next year. Right. Yeah, exactly. And you think, you know, and when you look at, um, and, and we talk about this when, when Naomi looks at what they were hoping to gain by leaving, by leaving yeah. and going into Moab and it didn't go at all. Like it got worse and worse and worse, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, you start questioning and with, especially with hunger, you start questioning everything. You start mm-hmm. questioning your, um, should, is it my fault that my husband and my sons are dead? Is it, is it yeah. my fault and this and that? And you start really taking, um, taking everything personally. I know that my story, you know, as far as what I wanted to have happen by the time I'm this age, um, then you start taking, you really do start taking it personally. You're like, well, God, I guess other people are better mothers than I would have been. So, you know, and you start taking it almost like an insult. Um, and, and it, so it's not just the outward suffering and the, and the internal sadness. It's like, it's all, it's almost like a mind game at this point. It's like, are we, can we take one more thing. I don't think we can. And yeah, and I think be, it's a good point. Yeah. No, that's such a good point because I think you wrestle in these points with shame mm-hmm. and you, you with guilt. Yeah. And you wrestle with, you know, self-accusation. You know, this is all my fault. Yeah. Um, you know, we shouldn't, maybe we, we made the wrong mistake, failure. Yeah. Um, and I, I think all of those things are meant to, to crush us. Yeah. You know, they really are. Um, and, and if Satan can do his job in our lives, I mean, it, you know, the broken world we live in is enough to crush the human spirit, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Satan can do his job, he's going to do as much as possible to steer our thoughts and to steer the way we, the way we are processing during times like that to mm-hmm. do is to just crush us because the goal would be leave us, leave us helpless laying on the side of the road. Yeah. And then his job is done. He can move on to somebody else because he's basically taking us out of commission. And when we know the backstory, which we're going to learn as we move mm-hmm. through here, yeah, Naomi was a per an important person. Ruth mm-hmm. was going to be an important person in the history of the Jewish yeah. story, absolutely, and yeah. in the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we're going to learn that as we move through. So these these women are not these women are important women. And the story is not done yet. Yeah. But exactly. man, when you're sitting in it for 10 years, yeah. You, I, you know, no wonder we get, we, you know, we're going to read later we, where she's like, look, just call me bitter because right. my life yeah. has done nothing but soured and stunk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we were talking about this this morning, actually, in morning devotions at the workshop because we're in 1 Corinthians 2. And it talks about the spiritual man versus the, 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 the natural man. Right. And at the very end, that last, the last verse of chapter two for first Corinthians, but we have the mind of Christ. And we've talked about this before. And that's part mm-hmm. of rooted deep. We've talked about having the proper mind and mindset. Yeah. And we've talked about it through Philippians. We've talked about it through other, you know, other, yeah. other books where that it is a battle of the mind and it does, it and it does weigh you down. And 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 you get to the point where, like you said, Naomi's just like, forget it. I can't. I can't go any further. You're literally going to have to change my name um, because yeah. that's where I am, you know. And it, it. But but if we can, if and that's that's what's so important about rooted deep. And I'm not talking about rooted deep podcast, but I'm talking about it's also important. Listen, it is. Yes, but, we like our podcast, but like I know what podcast, you're saying. But being actually rooted deep, that is yes. where the mind and that sadness, and when you're when you're 
questioning your decisions when you're questioning God's heart and hit your trust. You're not trusting his hand um, in there. That's where that mind of Christ really needs to come in that spiritual mindset that is like, no, how just hang on a minute. And, um, yep. and I think the battle is a lot of times, especially with us women, it's, it's in our minds. You know, it so is. And I think about, you know, as Jesus is, is winding up the Sermon on the Mount, he gets to the very end of that. And he gives this really pointed illustration of two people who built their house, one on sand and one on the rock. Right. And, you know, and he says, look, here's the deal. If you're going to make it, you're going to have to build your house on the rock. Yes. And, and that's the obvious, you know, lesson to the story is when the wind comes, Jesus says, and when the storm go, comes, mm-hmm. um, and there's a song right now that we sing in church quite a bit, uh, you know, winds blow and the storm comes, but my, but my house is built on you. Mm-hmm. And I love that when we sing that in church, because, you know, it's this great song and it builds. And then all of a sudden the song gets really quiet and that's, that's the, the winds come and, yeah. and the rains come and they do, you know, mm-hmm. it, the winds are going to come and the storms are yeah. going to come in life. And, and so what's happening on the surface does not have to wipe you out if what's happening right. below the surface of your life yeah. is solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what Rudy Deep is really genuinely all about. It's getting solid in what's going on below the surface of your life so that when the storms come at the surface level, you mm-hmm. uh, you have a, a an anchor that holds your soul. Hebrews tells us that Jesus is that anchor. And so we understand, man, we have we've got to be rooted in truth or yeah. our brains are going to totally fry out and we're going to be in a mess. When yeah. these, when the storms come on the surface of our lives, yeah, and she, you know, Naomi is right in the middle of a storm, um, and yeah. just really, uh, you know, the storms happen, the death has happened. Now she's just trying to pick up the pieces. So she hears, all right. So the Lord has visited His people back in, back home, yes. and giving them bread. And so yep. she decided to just up and leave. Um, and so they're headed out, you know, they're packing up and she's probably looking at her daughter-in-law, like, where are y'all going? I, you know what I'm saying? Right. I'm headed home. You right. guys are home. And, um, and so we, we watch, and I think that again, it's a testimony, um, to her as a mother-in-law, but also I think to so people, too. um, that just, they, you know, and she's kind to them. She's like, Hey, don't, I don't want you to be, you know, pulling around my trouble with you. You can, you have, you can go live another life. And, um, and she, you know, puts a blessing on their heads. The Lord deal kindly with you and, um, and you've been, but let's, you know, let's each go our separate ways. Yeah. So uh, she's taking the pressure off them. Look, girls, you don't have to follow this at home. Right. Yeah. You get an out and you guys, (laughs) this is your country. Stay here. It's, you know, and obviously it's not like she's going to be able to have children. Right. Um, and they're going to children and those boys are going to be able to grow up and marry these women. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not a doable thing. So she's like, look, I can't produce you another husband. So stay here in your hometown and find yeah. another husband and go on and live your life. Like you should. Yeah. Um, and you know, so you're right. It seems like there's this great relationship mm-hmm. between these, these daughter-in-laws and, and Naomi, even in, even in difficult times, yeah. I'm sure they've grieved together. They've hurt mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Uh, they know they've experienced the same type of pain. Um, yeah. Yeah. And even, I mean, even in verse nine, um, wanting them to find rest in the house of a husband, wishing them, wishing them happiness and a full life. Oh, you know, even yeah. you're going to get married again. She'll be fine. You know, you'll be fine, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and 
just that so much, just so much sacrifice, I think, because it would be easy to just kind of clean together. But Naomi's just like, listen, you know, you can, like you said, you can, you have an out, just stay, stay here yeah. with your own people. And, um, and, and they insisted, but Naomi's like, no, uh, this is, I'm, I'm old. I'm not going to have you. I'm not going to give you. And a little bit of Levitical law. And she's not holding them to their, to their, um, to, to their Israel, you know, Israel, Israelite, um, traditions with, you know, marrying another the 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 man a descendant. The woman mm-hmm. the, a descendant and there she's not actually holding them to that descendant kinsman situation right now at this no. moment which i think is interesting because it's going to happen later um yeah. but uh and so she insists and 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 orpa goes home and i don't know if people think she's a bad person for doing it i think she's i think she did what she was supposed to do and then ruth yeah. stays and um yeah so yeah and and i think what we oftentimes forget is that these women, not only do they not have husbands, not only the, were they going to have to leave their hometown, but now the reverse was happening. They were going to go back into what they had always considered to be enemy territory. Right. Yeah. Now, obviously I think as we read the story, we see that Ruth has had at least for, for sure, Ruth now maybe Orpah too, but we see that Ruth has had a heart change somewhere in here. Something is going yeah. on. Mm-hmm. The, the life of Naomi and probably Elimelech and her boys, so there's been influence here because we, we're getting ready to hear this. And in fact, um, and when I was growing up as a kid, if you would go or even a teenager, if you'd go to a wedding, yeah. you would hear some of these verses from the book of Ruth right. read at during the wedding ceremony mm-hmm. as vows. Yeah. Um, to from the husband and wife and sometimes yeah. you would even see them printed on the wedding the wedding right. infra, you or know some. piece of they were, or some yeah. yeah you know and you know and yet yeah. uh interestingly enough these are not romantic words that are said mm-hmm. between a, a husband and yeah. a wife or but these are words from Ruth a daughter-in-law said to her mother-in-law yeah. and and as Naomi is doing her best to push these girls to stay and Ruth just turns to her and says look do not don't urge me to leave you. Don't push me back. But she says, here's what she says. And I think you'll recognize these verses from a wedding at some point in time Mm -hmm. for where you go. I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God, where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me. And more also, if anything, but death parts me from you. Mm-hmm. And those and are beautiful ma- words, yeah. Oh, really? I mean, <laughs> this is like, wow, you know. And I don't know that there's any, I've never met a woman that feels that way about their mother-in-law. <laughs> I mean, okay. I like, mine's good, mine's great. She's right, I, I, won't, I was going to say, I won't say anything to your no. mother-in-law about, about that comment. Maybe she hopefully doesn't listen to the podcast. But, okay. no, you're exactly right. I mean, it's one of those things where this is, this is almost like a daughter mm-hmm. to a mother. Yeah. So I, you get the impression that this relationship between Naomi and her daughter-in-laws was deep yeah. and it was, and it was, and it was powerful and it meant something. And it was, there was mm-hmm. deep love there mm-hmm. uh, because you, they, they're weeping several times through this process. And, yeah. and, but Ruth's like, no, here's mm-hmm. the deal. And somewhere there's been a, you know, there's been a change uh, and Ruth's going to go. And so Naomi gives, she says, okay, if you know, after that speech, what can I say? Come on. Right. Yeah. Um, and the Bible, you know, the Bible continues in the story that they, they can, they continue the journey and they come into Bethlehem and everybody sees Naomi and it's been, we know it's been at least 10 years since they've right. seen her. 
And so people are like, is that really Naomi? Yeah. No, um, is that her? And, and Naomi says, don't, don't call me that anymore. Call me Mara or that is the word for bitter. Um, for the almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Mm-hmm. So whether Naomi is saying I'm bitter and yeah. I'm mad. And so call me mad, call me bitter. Yeah. Or if she's saying, which I think maybe is more, more applicable. The second mm-hmm. application is yeah. that everything since you saw me last has yeah. gone bad. Right. Every, yeah. Everything has turned to bitterness. Everything mm-hmm. has turned to sorrow. Everything has turned to pain. So just call me, just call me bitter. Call me pain because I don't know anything else beyond that. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's one of those, it's one of those things that if there's been, and we've seen, uh, we've seen the ravages of time and pain and hurt Mm -hmm. and illness, um, happen to people. And, and that might be the question, is this really her? Because that's not what she looked like before. Or yeah. is it just like, you know, it's been so long. Um, and I, th- I think we've all experienced this taking stock and looking back and the, the hurt and the pain and thinking life is not at all like what I thought it was going to look like. Right. Um, I had plans or I had um, hopes and I had desires mm-hmm. and I had promises made to me. That's right. Um, then I've been, I've been disappointed. I've been betrayed. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, and the Lord has allowed illness in my life or the Lord has allowed this in my life or, or somebody betrayed me in a past. And so you think that's, and every single one of us has looked back and, and are like, you know, and it's really, it's really interesting because when you, when you look on, um, I remember, I remember looking at somebody on Facebook and I was like, oh, we were shut through friends in, in college. And I really just, she was great and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm looking at her pictures on Facebook. And so I wrote her, I'm like, how are you doing? And she's like, well, you can probably tell from the pictures that she's gone through cancer. And, you know, and it's one of those things that that Mm. this happened. And so she's a different person because of it. And Naomi was just like, we have to, you just have to call it what it is. I am suffering. I'm not, I'm not who I used to be. And she, it's almost like she doesn't want to just, she wants to get it out there up front. Don't be disappointed. Uh, It's it's gone bad. Yeah. You know, and in fact, she makes these really strong statements. Mm -hmm. And I think it's good for us to point these out because I think sometimes in our Christian culture, we say these things in our hearts, but we don't say them out loud. Right. Um, and um, listen to what she says out loud. First of all, in, in verse 20, she says, the Lord has the almighty. Mm-hmm. And it's a very word choice that she uses. She says, God, who's the all powerful one. Yeah. The one who can do anything. Yeah. He's done this to me. He decided to. He dealt yeah. bitterly with me. And, and it's almost, you could look at it and say, it's God's fault. Or you could look at it and say, the God who could have stopped it, didn't stop mm-hmm. it. Right. right. And yeah. then she goes on and she says, I went away full mm-hmm. and the Lord brought, brought me, me back empty. empty. Yeah. Okay. So now again, it's, yeah. this is, this is sitting squarely. And I think the only woman, on the, I've, the only other woman that we know of in the Bible that has the chutzpah to say something like this was Martha at yes. Lazarus's <laughs> tomb. Uh, yeah. Lord, if you'd have been here, my yeah. brother wouldn't have died. He wouldn't and, have and I, and I just want to stop everybody and say, these are, these are the type of words that are, you need to pray and you need to say out loud, or you need to go to a trusted friend and say it. I feel like the Lord is just, you know, and, and because he already knows your heart and, uh, you know, and so, but being able to question just like Martha did, just like Naomi, uh, Naomi's doing, uh, I know this, I know you could have stopped it, but you didn't. So what's, what's my next move here? Yeah, because she says the Lord has testified against me and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me. So she's very, yeah. she's very 
very vocal about right. where the trouble came from. Mm -hmm. And of course, now, you know, we're not going to dive deep into this, but I think yeah. it's at least worth saying. We understand that God is the almighty one and he is powerful. And can God stop calamity and death and destruction? Well, sure he can. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Does he always do that? No, he doesn't. Yeah. And I don't understand in my humanness, you know, uh, why God does at some points, why he heals in some places and he yeah. doesn't in others, why he allows people's journeys to go like he does in some ways. And, and, and it doesn't work out in other journeys. I, I can't explain that that's into a realm where I will call the sovereignty of God. And, right. but what I do know is this, and this is where my root system matters and where my foundation on the rock matters. Mm -hmm. I do know enough about the character of God to trust in the sovereignty of God. Right. And so it's okay to say, you know what? God let all this happen. Yeah. He did. Yeah. Now I can't explain it. And maybe she's a little like mad. At, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. And maybe she's a little mad at God right now mm -hmm. for it. Yeah. Um, but you know, she, she understands God could have stopped this and he yeah. didn't. And now, now what? Right. Um, exactly. and what's cool about the story as we're going to see is even though she's frustrated, I believe as we read these words, she's probably, uh, broken, still bro a broken woman mm -hmm. with a lot of pain and sorrow, but Naomi at the end of the day knows where her hope lies. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. She really does. Mm -hmm. And we're going to see that blossom through the story right. as we're going to see that she understands where her yeah. hope lies. And, she, it's and just, real. yeah. And just so we don't end with this chapter of it's just death, destruction, famine. Right. You know, yeah, this is hard. Um, Naomi says something interesting because she says, I went out full and the Lord has brought me home empty. But there's mm. two things. Yeah. There's two things that she has that she doesn't at that moment. Yep. She doesn't quite realize what she has. That's and exactly those are the right. two things that are, it's the two things that is really going to save her and her family for future generations. And one of those things we know that she's not empty because we just talked about it is Ruth. She came home with a daughter. She came she home did. with a daughter that wouldn't leave her. She came home yeah. with a committed, um, even, and because it's just so funny because they're actually arguing on the way. And finally, Naomi just kept talking, just, she left speaking unto her because she was just, okay, yeah. fine. I can't convince you to stay where, you know? And so it's like they, these two women leave Moab arguing about who's going to leave who and, 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 and whatnot. Yeah. So she has a daughter. And the other thing is right at the end of that uh, end of the chapter, and it's at, right at the beginning of the harvest. And so if anything else, and I'm, I'm dealing with this right now at this moment, mm -hmm. I literally can't see what's next, but I do have to, like, like Reba said, I do have to trust that the Lord's got something and I'm not empty. I do yes. have, you know, I do have, you know, his help with me, his spirit. And also there's going to be a time of harvest that's going to come and I've got to trust yes. that. Yeah, I, I, that's just so good. And it's so true because sometimes in our despair, mm -hmm. we can miss the obvious mm -hmm. and we can miss the subtle. You know, I think the obvious is God has given Naomi a daughter. Yeah. And this daughter has left everything for her and declared and her love for Naomi in such a, a great way. And, you know, Hey, I think maybe Ruth wanted to tap her on the shoulder during this speech and say, <clears throat> don't forget about me. You know, you're not empty. Um, but also chapter one, verse one, 
famine. Mm-hmm. Chapter chapter one, last verse, harvest. Yeah. And you know, every Ecclesiastes says that there is there's a season mm-hmm. for everything. There's a a time to dance and a time to laugh, but there's also a time to mourn and a time to grieve. And I think Solomon knew a whole lot about life when he was speaking these words to say that, you know, pain does come and and difficulty comes. Um, And if our in those seasons when it's not harvest and it's not joyful and it's dark and it's famine and it's death and it's overwhelming, we've got clean. Yeah. to the one we don't understand, mm-hmm. but we yeah. believe his character to be true. Exactly. And again, that is where, where else are we going to learn about his character if we're mm. not in his word? And yeah. where else are we going to learn to trust him if we're not studying his mm. words and studying about him, studying the promises that he gives us? Even that first Corinthians, you have the mind of Christ. In yeah. Luke, we studied last week, we have the power of Christ. That's what we yep. studied at the workshop. And yeah. so when, when we forget what we have, um, because we're so focused on this external struggle, mm. um, that is real, it's there. Uh, but at the same time, if we don't understand the character and where else are we going to find it if we're not in the word? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, if you're, if you're, if this, any of this is resonating with you, right. Okay. And you're like, oh my goodness, this, you know, I'm, I can, I can really relate with Naomi right now. I I know the pain and I know the heartache right now. And I'm in a season right now Mm. where it is not, where it is not good. Then I want to tell you, stay with us for the next four weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to tell you, go get your Bible and just camp out in the book of Ruth. Um, it's four chapters. I would read it dozens of times and just let it let its truths and let it and let the things that God wants to teach you kind of wash over you because and and look at it from Ruth, uh, not just Ruth's perspective, but from Naomi's perspective, because mm-hmm. I think Naomi has a lot to teach us um, yeah. from this from this story and from this book and a, and, a, and a kind of a snapshot of her life mm-hmm. um, as we pick up in a difficult place in Naomi's yeah. life with two boys and famine and leaving everything she's known. And we're going to journey with her to her old age and see that God is going to redeem this story. And so, um, so man, this has been good, Allie. Yeah. Just the first chapter has been, we took us from famine to, to harvest. So, and everything in between. Yeah. And, and, and so the story's not over and maybe you're like, oh, I already know this story. Well, yeah. great. Tune in anyway, because there's probably some things you didn't catch going through. And maybe, you know, always God always reminds us of things mm-hmm. that we uh, forgotten about. So thanks so much for joining us today on Rooted Deep. We hope that we're going to spend the next couple of weeks kind of walking with Naomi mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in pain and in difficulty and watching God do what God always does as he redeems the story. So this is going to be some exciting stuff as we move forward. Uh, So be sure to continue to join us as we move forward. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on Rooted Deep. It's been great to have you today. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.